Welcome to Healthy Vision Talk Radio, the podcast for people in search of a physician with alternative solutions for their eye problems. From the best-selling, award-winning, world's-only homeopathic ophthalmologist, here's your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat. When the opera turned dot, I will conquer, I will conquer. Welcome to Healthy Vision, the talk radio show that helps you conquer your vision loss. Dr. Edward Condrett is a board-certified ophthalmologist and homeopathic doctor, author of seven best-selling books. Healthy Vision is dedicated to bring you the latest information for a lifetime of healthy sight and to help you conquer your eye problems. And now your host, America's favorite eye doctor, Dr. Edward Condrett. Uh, welcome to Healthy Vision, and this is your host, Edward Kondrat, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in this evening, and I think we have an exciting lineup this evening. We have uh, Russ Montgomery, uh, who's joining us, and he's going to be talking about his uh, wonderful work that he's doing on the island of Haiti, and my wife and I had the opportunity to go down there and help do some eye cases uh, with Russ. And uh, I have to be, tell you a little bit about Russ. He's, he's a remarkable guy. He has so much energy and passion to help the, uh, the, the really struggling people on the island of Haiti. He's a reverend. His church is uh, Living in Faith, which is located right here in Tampa, Florida. And also, he's uh, an optometrist, so he does know a little bit about the eye. Actually, he knows quite a bit about the eye, seeing all the patients in Haiti. So, Russ, uh, welcome to Healthy Vision. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, so let's begin by just sharing with the listeners a little bit about your background. Um, first of all, I have to say, you have a lot of energy. I always thought I had a lot of energy, but I think I met my match. Um, you're just <laughs> doing so much. <laughs> when, when, uh, so when, when did you get involved with uh, Haiti, getting your optometric license, etc.? Well, it's an interesting story. I uh, first went to Cuba in 1995, and uh, I was given to my last prescription to uh, see if I could get made. Uh, I was told that uh, they don't see many foreigners that will return like I did, and so I paid to have them made and paid normal retail price. I said, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, make it affordable. And a short time later, I was connected with an optician up in uh, Maryland who began making the glasses. And then a wife of the president of Haiti heard of our work in uh, Cuba and asked me to come to Haiti. So I went there, took a look, and said, yes, give me the prescriptions. We'll get glasses made. And she said, very few people give the exams to determine what's needed. So I came back, went back to school, learned how to give the exams and evaluate uh eye situations, and um, started up a, a clinic in Haiti. Now we have three clinics. The principal clinic is just east of Port-au-Prince, and then we have one near the Dominican border and one on the north side of the large lake that's east of Port-au-Prince. So uh, a lot of the things I wound up doing was uh, from my uh, background in uh, business administration, learning administration of a clinic, and as a result, we're 
seeing around a thousand patients a month. And how, how long ago? How, when was the first? Uh, when did the clinic open? Uh, the first clinic began in in Haiti in the year two thousand, and uh, where we're at now, our uh, our main clinic. We've been in that location for about fourteen years. It's a uh, out on a two uh, hundred acre farm. It has a church. Uh, the farm they raised chickens in tilapia, and they have a medical clinic, and we were able to design a, uh, a wing specifically for eyes, and that was built for us. Uh, we've been in that facility for about five years now and have outgrown it already. Yeah, that was a really enjoyable experience when my wife and I came down to the clinic. Really well run. Uh, you have uh, three operating rooms or two? Two operating rooms, or do you have three? We have the three operating rooms right now, and three operating rooms. Yeah, and we actually and have more doctors that want to go than we have space for them to to operate. But it was a, a joy having you and your wife with us. Uh, you uh, were extremely productive, uh, and uh, much to our surprise, when you came out of the operating one day and said, "Well, start calling other patients. I think we're going to finish early. Let's get more patients in here." And, <laughs> and that was a that was a music to our ears to hear that. Normally, it's uh, which patients do we have to delay for another time? But uh, your production level was was fantastic, and uh, their one month post ops was, was uh, really great. I saw them a couple of weeks ago, and they're uh, great, great outcomes. And you have people that are going from light perception down to twenty thirty vision in one month. Uh, it's just uh, life changing. Yeah, it was very, very rewarding uh, because, you know, in the United States, you just don't see cataracts that are that advanced. Uh, seeing, you know, light perception, these people can barely see light in front of them or motion. Uh, so it, it is so dramatic for them because, you know, having bilateral cataracts that, like that and being blind, um, I mean, just is devastating. And uh, most of the blind people in Haiti need... Uh, a companion, usually it's a young child that helps lead the older person around. So essentially there's two people that are uh, non-productive members of uh, the Haitian society. So by helping one person recover their vision, you're actually benefiting two people. Exactly. It frees them up, uh, frees up the, uh, the caregiver dramatically and it gives freedom to the person that was blind because they were usually stuck inside a house and uh, would need help to go out to the latrine or they wouldn't get out to to visit neighbors or anything. And so uh, the surgery just gives them a, a whole new life. And uh, what a what a joy! I usually tell them that you know they I know they haven't seen the stars at the, on the night sky, and I said I think the Lord wants them to be able to see the stars again. And invariably, a month later, they're coming in and they're Jumping for joy, saying, I see the stars, I see the stars. Our clinic's one mile away from the mountains, and some of these patients haven't seen the mountains for years. And so now, when they can see the beauty there, it just uh, gives them great joy. So let's talk a little bit about the, the need uh, the, the need of the Haitians uh, for eye care. Uh, I know you reviewed the statistics with me. How many, what's the population of Haiti? Uh, population is around 11 million. 
And there's about million. three million or so that are living in the Port-au-Prince area. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, uh, one thing that kind of shocked me: there are some ophthalmologists on the island of Haiti, but uh, I found out that they would rather, uh, you know, prescribe glasses and do surgery uh, because there's more money in selling a pair of glasses than doing eye surgery. So a lot of them just don't want to get involved with the surgery. Well, that's true. Uh, it's uh, doing eye surgery is a little more complicated, meaning that you have to have a uh, clean facility to be able to do the surgery and have the instruments and the supporting staff as well, as opposed to just giving an eye exam and selling glasses. And as a result, uh, there are not a lot of Haitian doctors doing surgery. And the Minister for Health told me that eye care is the least addressed health care issue in Haiti. And so with us being able to go and and make a difference in these uh, the people that they just haven't had any uh, any eye care at all. I'm seeing people at age fifty and sixty and they've never had a sat in front of an eye doctor before. Uh and uh, and the environment there in Haiti is, is a difficult environment. Dust and smoke. And um so uh to be able to get uh, uh some good Attention uh, is just fantastic. Some people think we have an eye clinic in Haiti, but my attitude is that we have an American clinic in Haiti. Just trying to raise the level of care and treat the people as, as individuals and not a number. And as a result, uh, just show them, uh, show them a, a lot of love. Well, we're coming up to a break. And um, for the listeners, if you want to find out more about Russ Montgomery and his work, you can go to Living in Faith. That's all one word, and it's uh, dot .net, livinginfaith.net. Uh, and uh, when we come back, we'll be talking more about the island of Haiti and possibly how you can help us uh, with this very valuable mission uh, because uh, this is a, a non-profit, Living in Faith is a non-profit, and it is a uh, uh, quite expensive to do eye surgery with the equipment. And uh, fortunately, C International is a sponsor for the Haitian uh, eye surgery. Uh, so we, we'll be right back after this break, and we'll be talking more about it. Montgomery. And my last trip to Haiti was just really remarkable. You know, I have a different perspective of Haiti. I guess you hear much, so much uh, negativity in the news about Haiti. Uh, you know, most people are probably scared to death to even think about going to Haiti. But uh, it was just the people there are so friendly. They're so appreciative. And not only do the patients thank you after the surgery, but everybody you meet on the island, uh, thank you so much for, you know, helping our people. And, you know, the Haitians really, really need help. And they are just so grateful or, you know, what, what we're doing, especially giving them, you know, the gift of sight. So I wonder if you could share with us some, some stories um, that you have experienced over the many years that you've been doing this. You know, it seems like every trip uh, there's at least uh, a couple of patients that uh, really speak to your heart. Uh, I can recall uh, just earlier this year, we had a little six-year-old girl, a bilateral uh, cataract, and so we did surgery, one eye and then the other eye, and uh, 
didn't touch the eye because then she wouldn't see anything. But uh, when she first came into us, she was clinging to her mother's dress. And a day after surgery, she was walking through the door with confidence. And a few days later, for uh, another post-op exam, she was walking around like she owned the place. And so it just gave that child a real sense of confidence. And uh, you just know that with a child, you're going to have a a whole lifetime of of great potential. Uh, Another memory that I had, I wish I'd videotaped my mind, but uh, a lady led her husband in to our clinic. His hand was on her shoulder. And the day after surgery, when we took the patch off his eyes, he let her out of the clinic with her hand on his shoulder. Uh, another lady that we did cataract surgery sold mangles on the side of the street, and she knew that people were probably cheating her. She couldn't see the money. And after the surgery, she said, now she really can see, and she had a good business, and she stopped by every time she knew I was in town and dropped by some, some mangles. That uh, gave her a new life and gave her a, an opportunity to uh, continue uh, uh, developing a source of income for herself. Uh, we've had uh, uh, taxi drivers or motorcycle drivers that had blunt trauma cataract and they couldn't see and they were able to uh, then be able to go back to work. Or well, what's amazing is the school teachers that we have that have cataracts are, are no longer able to go and teach or put out of work. And we get them surgery, and they're able to go back and, and teach again. And so uh, it's just, uh, just a multitude of, of patients that uh, we see that uh, really have some, some interesting stories, in addition to your typical age-related cataracts. Because you're in the Caribbean, you're in the tropics, the ultraviolet light is very strong. We're seeing a lot of uh, cataracts. And seeing quite a few with children, too, which is, Amazing, because here in the United States, you don't see that many children with cataracts. But uh, the doctors really get a thrill out of being able to go and, and remove the cataracts from child eyes because they know the potential that child will, will then have. So, but I think um, a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with nutrition too. Exactly. Uh, for nutrition. Oh, and yeah. while while it's on my mind, I have. Uh, a supply of vitamins that was donated by Douglas Laboratories. So you may want to stop by the office on your next trip to Haiti and load up a suitcase. That'd be uh, so great. You can give them some of the Haitians because, of, you know, the vitamin C deficiency is thought to be linked to uh, development of cataracts. And, of course, you know, your basic antioxidants can help. And I think also, um, you know, the vitamins will help them in their, their, their post-op recovery. So they get yeah. a quicker recovery uh, because you know they're nutritionally deficient. It's going to slow the whole healing process. So well, how many? When you're done there, how many? How many patients do you see? I was kind of surprised. You told me that you have eight hundred on the books. Yes, I usually see uh, between thirty and forty patients a day when I'm there. And uh, on our last trip, uh, we took some uh, students. Two from the University of South Florida, uh, one from a college in Ohio, one from a college in Kansas, as well as an optometrist that uh, was with us seven years ago, liked the eye clinic work and became uh, went to school to become an optometrist. So we were able to see uh, close to 200 patients on that trip, plus 
the uh, 54 patients that we did surgery on. So we see the, the pre-surgery patients. We see them the post-op plus the other patients that came in. So we're looking at roughly, what, 300 patients in just a few days. But uh, there's uh, the clinic's full-time going on even when I'm not in, in Haiti. Uh, my staff is trained to do the basic exams, and then the patients are called back in for refracting for glasses or evaluating for uh, cataract surgery. Twenty-five percent of our patients have uh, high-tension glaucoma, and uh, that's just uh, devastating. Fortunately, we were able to get a, quite a few on, on medicine, but it's heartbreaking to have to tell a family that their family member has uh, end-stage glaucoma, that they waited too long to... Uh, seek any treatment but uh, well, uh, so, so you, I guess you're always you're always looking for volunteers and financial support uh, because I know you have a lot of big plans I was really impressed with uh, the future center that you showed me the uh, architectural drawing which is going to be a phenomenal facility so to really yeah. maybe take uh, take the level of care up to the next level. I mean, already it's phenomenal because you have, you know, very well, modern, well-equipped operating rooms. It's uh, nothing backwards. No, we're, we're growing. We are uh, have a desire to be able to have a facility to train Haitian doctors and Haitian technicians. Uh, in addition to our normal clinical care, um, we... Uh, Feel that we provide an outlet for uh, American doctors and technicians that have a desire to use their skills to reach the underserved. And so by providing them a facility not only to do the operating but have uh, good living accommodations while they're there, uh, allows them to go and, and feel comfortable and, and come back time after time again. Our desire is to build a facility where we can do seven surgeries at one time in addition to having rooms where we could do uh, the Yay Glazer procedures, for example, uh, we could use a, an OCT, which is a kind of like an ultrasound of the optic nerve to evaluate what's behind some of these cataracts, as well as to follow the progression of uh, glaucoma patients, and some other specialized equipment. Uh, like I said earlier, I look at it that we have an American clinic in Haiti, and so... Uh, to be able to go and, and get equipment, sometimes we get it donated, but a lot of times we have to uh, pay for it. So financial contributions are, are needed. Uh, we have to pay for uh, generated electricity while we're there. Uh, right now we're paying $50 an hour for it, and if the weight, uh, price increase goes into effect, it'll be up to about $75 an hour because the electricity is generated by generators on property. Use this diesel fuel. So it's a little bit different than here in the United States where you flip the switch and there you go. But we, we have generators and, and, um, it's, uh, it's a good facility, but it takes money to be able to go and, and, and run that and support that. But I was really surprised the, the generosity of a lot of ophthalmologists. You have ophthalmologists, uh, all over the country, uh, coming down to Haiti, uh, quite a few from the northern regions of the country. I guess they like to come down to Haiti in the wintertime <laughs> for a break. Yeah, we, uh, so, yeah, I'm down with Florida, so when I go, I go from hot to hotter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Well, I find that weather almost like it is here in Tampa. Uh, but, uh, no, we draw people from throughout the United States as well as Canada. And, uh, many of these doctors, once they are there the first time, they want to sign up to go back again. We've got scheduled for uh, 10 times next year. And so, uh, I did. So we're, we're coming up, uh, we're coming up to another break and go to livinginspace.net to learn more about Russ Montgomery. And I believe he, there's a contact number if you wanted to get information on volunteering or maybe uh, contributing some funds to help with the purchase of new equipment. I know it'll be greatly appreciated. And also we're going to be opening up the lines. If you'd like to give us a call and talk with Russ or myself, you can reach us at uh, 602-277-KFNX or 602-277-5369 or toll-free 866 536-536-1100. And I mentioned earlier that uh, Russ is an amazing guy. He has so much energy uh, for the patient mission, and in addition, running his ministry here in uh, Tampa, the Living in Faith uh, Church. And in addition, he has an interest in water purification. Let's talk a little bit about that. There's a really big need in a lot of these locations. We just take for granted having uh, a good source of drinking water, but that's not the case in some of these islands. You're right. Most of our uh, locations have poor water quality, whether it's water from the city or water from wells, contaminated. Uh, we test for E. coli, but there's other bacteria in there, that, uh, such as cholera, that we're able to filter out. And so we've developed our own uh, system from parts from various vendors, and uh, make it compact enough we can carry it into these countries in, uh, in a suitcase and install it. They're designed to filter out about 600 gallons per hour, so it's meant for a community, not just for a pastor's house. Generally, we install them in a church facility uh, where they're looked after, <laughs> and uh, we're able to service uh, around 1,000 people uh, with this water system. Uh, and as a result, uh, not only does the community get better health, a lot of the people come to the churches and, and find friendship there and, and uh, uh, are able to go and get ministry for family situations. Uh, and we're uh, putting these systems in for $1,000 a piece. That's complete, installed, working. And uh, we have close to 200 of these systems working in Cuba. A little bit less than that in Haiti, because not all the churches have water systems. But, uh, you know, cholera broke out in Haiti and uh, has since gone to Cuba, then out to Mexico. But every location where we have one of our water systems, there's a reported incidents of cholera. Uh, so it's, uh, it's really making a, a difference in the lives, mainly of the little kids and the older adults, uh, which would typically get sick with, Waterborne diseases. 
So that's been a, a great blessing to so many, many communities. Uh, and it's not uncommon to go into one church to install a system and there's a pastor there waiting from another church pleading his case as to why they need a system. And the only thing that's limited us is uh, financial right now, uh, being able to go and, and uh, buy all the equipment, get it in and get it installed. So we uh, we have a full-time plumber working for us in Cuba as well as Haiti. And if there's any issues at all, they're able to get it, receive a phone call and uh, take care of it. Our filtration systems, uh, filters last for about four years, which gives us pretty good life. And uh, it's, it's making a difference in the community. So it sounds like these systems are, are, are low-maintenance systems. You only have to replace the filters every four years. Yes, we learn simple is better. And... Uh, it makes a difference. I'll tell you a story about in Sigo de Avila, we installed a system in a church, and the government came and said, you can't be passing out water. You know, there's cholera in this community. And the pastor explained the, the system. So the government sent a sample of the water to the Minister of Health in Havana. And the Ministry of Health called back and said, this is the water you need to give people. It's excellent. And so it won the confidence of the government in Sigo Davila that this church is doing something for the community. So it's, uh, we've got another situation where a, a house church in Cuba, uh, was, uh, the neighbors didn't want it to be around and were complaining to the government. And we saw the system pass and began passing out gallons of jugs of clean water. And all of a sudden, the people realized the church cared more about the community than the government did. So uh, they became friends, and the neighbors started appreciating the work of the church. So you're planning a, a, a trip in the near future to Cuba, aren't you, to help install, install some of these filtration systems? Yes, we have one over Labor Day and then another one in, uh, in October. And... Uh, so we'll be able to carry quite a few systems as well as uh, replacement filters and uh, install uh, a number of systems at new locations and call upon some of the uh, locations we were at before and, and uh, change out their filters. So we, we develop a relationship, a rapport. We don't, don't want to put something in and forget about it. Uh, we see too many groups to do that, and uh, we don't want our name associated with that. We want to have good quality work wherever we're working. So if uh, any of you that are listening out there and you want to help Russ with all his endeavors, uh, which are certainly helping a lot of people, uh, go to his website, livinginfaith.net, and you can learn more about his work and uh, make a donation, or if you're interested in volunteering to help him on some of these projects. I, you know, we're, we're, my wife and I are planning to come back to the clinic in November, and we're going to be bringing a good part of our staff with us to help, you know, with some of the turnover and helping in the operating room. And also, I think it just gives, uh, you know, the, our staff the, the opportunity to really give back to, you know, people that are in need and help them understand the whole situation. In, in exactly. Any of your listeners that want to experience Cuba are welcome to travel with us. 
as well as uh, even going down to uh, Haiti where we're focused primarily on the eyes. But we've had a number of people that had no eye experience go down there and just find a new purpose for their life. Uh, I mentioned about the young college student that uh, decided to become a optometrist. And uh, one of the young ladies we had last month has now decided she wants to become a missionary surgeon. So for young people, college age especially, is a great opportunity for them to experience something they wouldn't experience here in the United States and help them better focus where they want to take their lives in the future. Well, I, uh, right now, uh, you know, Haiti's been in the news rather negatively uh, with some riots and things like that, but I think a lot of that's been blown out of proportion. I think there was just some unrest because the government increased the price of gasoline, but you felt it was more due to the Brazilian soccer team losing in the World Cup. Yes, unfortunately, the announcement was made during the World Cup. Uh, Haitians were cheering for uh, Brazil, which lost. And so uh, that was a great disappointment. But uh, the unrest uh, will pass. Uh, where we're located is on a, out in the country at a secured uh, farm compound with security. And, and it's a great, safe environment. We have American-style apartments uh, to live in. Uh, food is good, water is good, and, and the work is good. The outcomes of the work is, is excellent. So it's a great opportunity to help them to serve and, uh, and grow yourself personally as well. Uh, this one young lady that went with us last month wrote me a note and said uh, this is a good opportunity for her because she, prior to this time she was always focused on herself know that she sees that there's a need to be focused on others, and it's just changing her life direction as well. And that's exciting to hear for, from somebody that's 21, 22 years old to uh, be able to go and help direct the, uh, the path of their life. Yeah, after so, spending uh, a week or so in Haiti and come back to the United States, you're complaining a lot less about things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We, we so much in this country that, that we don't even recognize how, how blessed we are. But uh, we are, are so fortunate. And why shouldn't we be able to go and give not only from the overflow of our cup, but make some sacrificial gifts as well, whether it's your time, your talents, finances, and be able to help our neighbors. You know, from from Miami, you're only an hour and a half to, uh, to Haiti. I, I tell people we could have breakfast in Tampa and lunch in Port-au-Prince. So uh, Tampa is closer well, we're coming to... Up, uh, uh, we're coming up to another break. And right. when we come back, I, wanna, uh, I want you to share with the listeners your, another adventure that you're planning, doing some missionary eye surgery along the Amazon River, which is going to be an adventure. So when we come back, we'll talk about that. And folks, if you're, and I hope you will help uh, Russ in all these projects, you can go to Living in faith.net for more information and when we come back we'll be talking about uh, the Amazon uh, iMission trip that Russ is planning so we'll be right back after this break okay welcome back to Healthy Vision and Russ um, let's talk a little bit about your Amazon trip which uh, I'm really excited I think this is 
a perfect trip for me because it's going to be a rustic, can, rustic conditions. We have to bring our own microscope. Yes, yes. You know, uh, I've had a doctor friend in Tennessee that's uh, been to Cuba with me, but he goes down to the Amazon a couple times a year. He's just doing general medical work on a on a ship that's based out of Manaus on the Amazon River. And uh, he typically does the, the lumps and the cuts and stuff like that. But he was asking me, what can be done for cataract? And uh, so one of, the, one of the issues is, Trying to find a doctor that would be willing to um, to go into a rustic environment and either do an operation on a ship or to uh, hop into uh, some of these smaller clinics that are along the, the river. And right away, you came to mind, and uh, so uh, I told I told the uh, doctor in Tennessee, I think we've got a doctor for it. Now it's a matter of getting equipment, and I understand you have a, a portable microscope you can take. No, we're looking forward to uh, working through the logistics of doing that. It'd be uh, quite an adventure, and uh, it's going to be able to go make a huge difference in the in the lives of the, of the people along the river. Uh, these are people that just really don't have any medical care at all, and uh, we know that being in the tropics, there's going to be a lot of cataracts there. So to be able to restore sight. To the blind will be uh, fantastic, and I think we'll give new meaning to the medical ship that's going down the river. So, if the first trip is uh, really beneficial, who knows? We might be making that on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, one of the things that's important is that we do work with a local eye doctor. You know, whether an optometrist or an ophthalmologist, because uh, you know. One thing is going there. I mean, the majority of people do exceptionally well after surgery and need minimal post-op care, but you always got to worry about, you know, the small percentage of complications and that they get the proper care, have an infection or, you know, something, something like that. They do need somebody to follow them. Plus, um, you know, the cataract surgery gives the majority of people an excellent improvement of their vision without glasses. But sometimes they just need a, you know, a minor prescription for reading or for distance. Um, so you do need that, that uh, follow-up care. So, so right now we're searching for somebody local in the area that can help us with uh, the post-operative care. Yeah, we'll make a, a connection with somebody and uh, be able to uh, refer some patients in there. But I, I know that Removing the cataract, as long as there's no underlying uh, problem with the on the retina, <coughs> it's going to make a tremendous difference in the lives of these people. And uh, if they haven't had access to any type of care like this before, at least something new, and I'm sure it's going to be word of mouth. You know, our work in Haiti is all word of mouth. Uh, we do have a few posters uh, out at my clinic showing what a cataract looks like and give them our phone number, but... For the most part, it's all word of mouth. And uh, I can recall one patient coming in for his one-month post-op, bringing a friend, and he said, my friend saw the difference in my life, and he wants to have the same surgery so his life can be changed, too. So uh, I can't help but think that there uh, on Amazon, when people start seeing uh, lives being changed for those that had surgery, uh, the word's going to spread, and more people are going to be wanting some, some surgery. 
equipment. We've got to work through the logistics of it, and, and we learn each time we do that. And uh, we'll just uh, get to the point where we're uh, very adept at doing it, and it might be something we do on a regular basis. Uh, so I, I want to finish up the show by uh, talking talking a little bit about your 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 big project, um, building a a larger clinic on Haiti with some additional uh, operating rooms and examination rooms uh, and a little bit more acreage, I guess, for planning. It almost looks like it's going to be a self-sustaining center. Well, we've been asked, uh, we've been offered some land out on a compound that has an orphanage, uh, a clinic. They're building a, a birthing clinic right now. And the facility has, uh, 24 hour guard service. It's an involved compound that uh, has, uh, water, uh, good water and sewer. And so it's got a basic infrastructure. And what we've designed is something that might cost up to a half a million dollars, so we just feel it'd be not only a, a wonderful clinic for patients, but also a great teaching uh, facility for, for the Haitians uh, to be able to train technicians to go out beyond our area and and look for people and evaluate them, as well as to be able to train Haitian doctors, plus being, being able to have a facility it's uh, quite attractive to American doctors and technicians. That's that we can be doing surgery on a regular basis. One of the big advantages that we've had is that we've been able to go and schedule patients for surgery instead of saying, well, sometime we'll have a doctor here and we'll let you know. We're able to actually give them dates. So with our volume picking up, we could easily make use of six or seven surgeries at one time and uh, be able to Increase not only the production, but also uh, being able to train the Haitians to take care of Haitians. Yeah, that's really important to just train the local Haitians, uh, get them interested. And already you have a you have a really good staff of some local Haitians who are enthusiastic. Uh, they assist in the operating room. They assist you for all the uh, eye evaluations. And you mentioned that when you're not there. They're screening, screening people, taking visions, measuring pressure, uh, you know, checking them for cataracts. So then when you, when you come, um, once a month, they're, they're lined up all, already and you just double check their findings. And usually the ophthalmologist that's there will also examine them for like the final confirmation, you know, before they're scheduled for surgery. Exactly. You know, so often Haitians really don't have a lot of confidence in Haitians doing medical work. But we have book rack after book rack of patient records. And I said, just go in there and take a look. What did the patient see when they walked in? And what are they seeing after they leave it? And in, fairly, in all the cases, they're seeing much better. So the results are there. And uh, ideally, uh, we want to have the Haitians being able to uh, run the clinic. It's still going to take Americans to keep Keep pushing the standards up. We're always pushing to raise the standards, raise the bar, and not settle, settle for uh, mediocrity. We play these things in an excellent way. And uh, patients see that and experience that and compliment me about how, what a fantastic experience it is for them. So uh, we're looking at doing something more in a, in a larger facility. 
and be able to uh, really have it to be a, a standout in the Caribbean, not just in Haiti, but in the Caribbean. Well, I think you're, you're well on your way, Russ. Uh, and uh, it was uh, a real honor for me to meet you and to be invited down to Haiti for the uh, eye surgery. My wife and I are looking forward to going back in November. And folks, um, uh, Russ could use some help. Uh, mention Russ and the Haiti Clinic in your prayers and also any financial support that you can Render it would be appreciated. Go to livinginfaith.net. So any closing comments, Russ? I want to thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. Well, I give you uh, great thanks for your gifts and skills that uh, not only that you've helped us with, but all the other locations that you're doing. You're, you're willing to work outside the box to go into some, some uh, new territories, and that's fantastic. And uh, just uh uh, a great attitude as well as uh, your guys given gifts and skills are fantastic. Greatly appreciated. So uh, I look forward to uh, the future with uh, with you and uh, some of these new adventures as well as uh, what we're able to do to uh, continue to raise the bar with our work here in Haiti. Well, I want to thank all of you for listening to Healthy Vision. This is your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat, wishing all of you Good health at Clear Vision. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. If you'd like to learn more about alternative eye treatments, access free reports, or subscribe to Dr. Kondrat's newsletter, visit us at HealingTheEye.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please write a review. We love hearing from listeners. To hear more episodes about alternative eye treatments, click subscribe and download all of our previous shows. We wish you good health and clear vision.